Hello everyone, it's Justin Dawson, it's the All Things Techie Podcast on Saturday the 1st of July. My apologies for being missing for so long, we're back at it. Episode 78 of the All Things Techie Podcast. Here's the show that loves to talk about gadgets and gizmos, from A-Logic to Yamaha, cameras to control panels. You get what I mean. We love talking all things techie. In fact, that's the name of the show. And here is your host, Justin Dawson. Hello everyone, it's Justin Dawson. It's the All Things Techie Podcast, episode 78. And it's great to be back. It's been too long. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, you can do so by tweeting me at Justin or Dawson. Let me just bring up all the details at Justin or Dawson at AV Tech Junkies. If you want to tweet this show directly or you can also uh, visit our website uh, www.allthingstech.ie. We always tell you that if you are listening to the podcast, it's always worthwhile viewing the podcast on our YouTube channel and all the details is at uh, youtube.com forward slash at Justin or Dawson that is my handle on YouTube and you will find all the previous episodes product reviews and stuff about me on that website as well now uh, apologies for being away for so long I even missed the Dublin Tech Summit that I was invited to be a press media rep at the Dublin Tech Summit and had free tickets to it but I've been so busy um, in work in my normal day job uh, with an international nursing conference that was taking place in DCU and so that's been preparation planning 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 a full week of early starts and late finishes and uh, just even made my son's graduation on the Friday uh, from his early intervention autism class, which was great that I actually got along to that. And uh, once more, as an autism advocate and parent of a child with autism, um, really appreciate the teachers and the SNAs that gave time to uh, do a fabulous uh, graduation ceremony. And now the children are off for the summer. So uh, that's always fun, you know, when you try to do a podcast as well as everything else. So much has happened in the month of June. And now we're into the first day of July. And uh, what stories have I got for you? Well, uh, first off, Vodafone Ireland becomes the first operator to offer customers smartwatch connectivity Vodafone Ireland has uh, to offer smartwatch cellular connectivity through the new add-on service called One Number. One Number allows customers to stay connected and use Samsung smartwatch while out and about independently of their smartphone. Traditionally, smartwatch users rely on Bluetooth to connect their watch to their smartphone, uh, meaning you have to stay within a certain range of your device. One number powered by Vodafone's network means customers can rely on the strength and reliability of the network to stay connected and contactable on the go anywhere in the country without their smartphone phone nearby. It gives customers the freedom to leave the house, go for a walk, go to the gym or work anywhere without their phone while still being contactable. Research commissioned by Vodafone found over 55% of people would consider leaving their smartphone at home if it meant they could stay connected. Interestingly, the research also found that while a third, 32% of Irish people own a smartwatch, many users aren't aware of all its functions. 
A third 32% of respondents were not aware that maps and navigations can be accessed through a smartwatch and 1 in 5, 19% were unaware of the mobile payment function. Smartphones have become an extension of our everyday lives of how we function. They are used for so much more than staying connected. The main reason people don't leave home without their smartphone is to remain contactable but others use it for more functional purposes when out and about, like mobile payments, 32%, maps and navigation, 19%, and nearly a quarter, 22%, use their smartphones to stay updated on social media. 20% rely on smartphones to keep on top of work emails, and 13% use it for entertainment. Um, no phone, no problem. Reducing the screen time is something that we're striving towards, uh, says Vodafone, but it doesn't mean that we can't stay connected. In fact, two-thirds, 63%, think wearable technology can help them achieve more balanced lifestyle by staying connected while reducing screen time on their smartphone. Now, I have a Fitbit, uh, also owned by Google, and I noticed that any time that my phone battery dies on my uh, Android phone, that I lose the ability to get the notifications on the phone. I get it just have to have to sync it all up again. And I'd I'd love to know is this a problem that other Fitbit users experience? Uh, but that's one thing that happens to me on on this Fitbit, and I keep up to date with all the software updates, etc. Um, Google Maps is available on the new Fitbit, but again, you need to use your smartphone. So uh, is this going to be a game changer? With it? If it works, I'd love to test this out on the, on the Samsung smartwatches and see um, is it as reliable and get get vote. And then you wonder how much is it going to cost uh, for the Vodafone uh, one number? Have to look into that and uh, bring it up to date on one of the future episodes of the All Things Techie podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. All Things Techie Podcast. Now, following us on Twitter is one thing, but Twitter now requires users to sign in to view tweets. Uh, I've noticed during the 30th article, Twitter will now require users to have an account on social media platform to view tweets, a move that owner Elon Musk on Friday called a temporary emergency measure. I find this really annoying. You know, like, I I don't know about people that haven't got Twitter accounts. Many people do have Twitter accounts for some reason or whatsoever. But, you know, the whole idea of social media uh, is like you have a friend request or you keep your private messages inside your private social media if you want to be private. Otherwise, you want people to view your social media posts. So then why would you make it... The fact that you have to have an account to view them. Users who try to view content on the platform will be asked to sign up for an account or log into an existing account to see their favourite tweets. We are getting data pillaged so, so much that it was degrading service for normal users, Musk said in a tweet. Um, he added that hundreds of organisations were more or more were scraping Twitter data extremely aggressively, affecting user experience. Musk has previously expressed displeasure uh, at artificial intelligence firms like OpenAI, the owner of ChatGPT, and Twitter's data to train their large language models. 
We are absolutely take legal action against those who stole our data and look forward to seeing them in court, which is, in brackets, optimistically, two to three years from now, he said. In a letter addressed to Microsoft, msft.o, CEO Satya uh, Nadella, must lawyer Alex Spiro in May asked the tech giant to conduct an audit of its Twitter content, alleging that the Windows developer violated an agreement over the using social media's company data. The company has initiated a range of measures to bring back advertisers who left the platform under Musk's ownership and to increase subscription revenue by making verification check marks as part of the Twitter Blue program. Earlier in the month, Twitter had announced plans to focus on video creator commerce partnerships to revitalise the social media company's business beyond digital advertising. Twitter has also begun charging users to access its application program interface API used by third-party apps and researchers. That's really limiting Twitter, isn't it? Like, you can't use the API without paying for it. You can't, you know, see posts without uh, having a Twitter account. And Musk says this is a way of cleaning up and then he's blaming other companies like Microsoft and then he's going into AI. I personally, and you know what? Come after me, Musk. I actually believe that Musk has an upset, uh, envious tweet to him um, that, that he's envious because he was late in the race for artificial intelligence. That's my theory. Uh, look back a couple of months ago where he's like, AI, it has to stop. It has to stop. And then all of a sudden, he wants to set up his own AI type of brand. We're going to be talking a lot once more on another episode of the All Things Techie podcast. We're going to be talking a lot about artificial intelligence in a short while. If you'd like to get in contact with the program, this is what you do. You tweet at AV Tech Junkies uh, while we still have uh, Twitter handles. At Justin Orr Dawson is my tweet handle. You can visit my personal website, justinordawson.com. Um, on YouTube, at Justin Orr Dawson as well. And uh, all the details of the All Things Techie podcast uh, shows, episodes, and back episodes, and video content is all available on our official website, www.allthingstech.ie. Britain's ex-Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, urges court to allow WhatsApp. I, I Again, one of these stories, listeners and viewers, that I'm not in favour of. Uh, court to allow WhatsApp messages in COVID inquiry. Uh, June the 30th, Britain's former leader, Boris Johnson, urged a court on Friday to allow the release of potentially embarrassing WhatsApp messages between senior figures to a COVID-19 inquiry, despite objections by his successor, Rishi Sunak's government. Johnson, who ordered the inquiry in 2021 after Britain recorded one of the world's highest death tolls from the pandemic, resigned last year due to scandals including repeated breaches of COVID-19 lockdown rules. Now, okay, fine. Investigate the COVID-19 ends of things. But when it comes to WhatsApp, WhatsApp messages are encrypted. So does this open a Pandora's box, listeners and viewers, of accessing encrypted data? You know, we talked about before about... Apple and encrypted data on their machines like Macs and stuff like that when your drive is encrypted. Should they be allowed in in the in, in courts to access 
encrypted data like WhatsApp messages or any other messages that is encrypted? What's your feelings on this type of data protection? Let us know by uh, getting in contact with the programme. The details, if you're watching on YouTube, is at the bottom of the screen right now. Uh, love to hear your comments on it. I, the COVID Inquiries Chair, Heather Hallett, has asked Sunak government to provide two years' worth of messages, including uh, from Johnson and 40 other different individuals. Love to hear your thoughts on us. Please do get in contact with the programme. We're also on YouTube. If you are listening to the programme, here's how to watch us on YouTube. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. All Things Techie Podcast. Now, children will be better protected online under amended internet safety laws, the government insists, despite concerns around privacy. The online safety bill will require age verification on services that publish or allow pornographic content. But Digital Rights Group says there is a lack of transparency around the tools and how they collect people's data. Tech Minister Paul Scully admitted to no bit of legislation is ever going to be perfect, but said it was flexible. The proposed amendments will mean user-to-user platforms such as social media sites that allow pornographic content will have to use age-checking technologies that are highly effective in identifying whether a user is a child or not. For example, estimating someone's age from a selfie. Other methods include checking official ID, bank statements or voice recognition tech, which would then notify that the person wishing to assess their service who is anonymised is over 18 years old. Uh, Digital rights campaigners are not convinced that people's privacy will be protected. Age assurance text is being introduced in quite a draconian way, said Dr. Monica Horton, policy manager, manager for freedom of expression at Open Rights Group. She said there needed to be more consideration of the risks that come with forcing websites to verify the age of their users. Some of these systems use facial scanning techniques to identify people's age. The processing of the collection of large pools of children's biometric data by private companies with no governance structures in place is something that all parents should be very worried about. We don't know how these systems work. Is our data being stored? Who has access to it? If so... Are they processing it, she said. The bill will give the communications regulator Ofcom in the UK powers to find tech companies, block access to sites and also see the introduction of criminal liabilities for executives of companies who fail to cooperate. Ian Corby from the Age Verification Providers Association said he welcomed the bill's requirements but with 5 million adult websites the government still needs to give the regulator better powers to enforce at scale before the bill is finalised. Concerns have also been raised that the requirement for the users to provide official documentation could lead to discrimination against certain social economic groups who are more likely to lack these documents. Um, so, again, interesting times with these type of bills and what's going to happen next, listeners. Um, are we getting into a stage where we're trying to control the internet too much? Or are you in favour of these type of bills? Let us know. Details are on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube and also um, if you're listening to the podcast you can visit our website, www.allteenstech.ie. We now have a feature where you can actually record a bit of audio that we can use in the podcast and give your thoughts on any of the subjects that we raise. 
Now, Google says it will block Canadian news in the country in response to a new law that aims to make tech giants pay Canadian media for news. Canada's parliament uh, last week passed the Online News Act requiring platforms like Google and Meta's Facebook to negotiate deals with the news providers. Google's move comes from after Meta announced it would also restrict news content from Canadian users. The bill is set to take effect in six months. A similar law in Australia was tweaked um, only recently. The legislation passed two years ago, but Australian lawmakers made changes after Meta briefly blocked users in the country from sharing or viewing news on its platforms. The blackout ended when the amendments were made and Google and Meta have since negotiated more than 30 deals with the Australian media companies. Google has previously called the Canadian law unworkable in its current form and proposed amendments. Both Google and Meta have held talks with the government about the legislation. This really does come, listeners, after uh, Cambridge Analytica and what happened with, you know, uh, with... Trump getting into government with Brexit as well. And this is how much does social media control media? And should there be laws? And I do you know what? I think there's a whole program we could do with some experts on, on this subject. I, I have to say I'm not an expert on any of these acts, but like, do you get your news mainly from social media? You know what? I see stories and it's usually linked to reputable news media outlets in Ireland and in England and across the world that they usually post a link on social media or you see someone talking about news on social media and then you go looking for it. But would you rely on Meta or Facebook or Twitter to have live streams about news from a certain country love to hear your thoughts on it uh, details are on the bottom of the screen if you're watching us on YouTube and uh, also uh, you can visit www.allthingstech.ie you can tweet at avtechjunkies or tweet me directly at Justin R. Dawson um, and let us know the Canadian Parliament's independent budget watchdog found news organisations could receive as much as 329 Canadian dollars per year from digital platforms but many of this same media associations and outlets that championed the bill may now face a threat to their business as Google fuels a significant portion of web traffic to Canadian news outlets. At the Globe and the Mail for instance Google's accounts for 30% of the traffic publisher uh, Philip Crawley told the Parliament last month for Le Devoir a prominent French language publication google drives 40 percent of its traffic with nearly 30 percent coming from social media point made <laughs> really uh let us know what you think uh, on it listeners and viewers uh you can get in contact with the program by tweeting at avtechjunkies at justin or dawson is my personal uh handle or you can uh Visit us at www.allthingstech.e or comments at allthingstech.e is our email address. Uh, Virgin Galactic's Sir Richard Branson's rocket plane enters commercial service. Uh, it has taken just shy of 20 years, but Sir Richard Branson has finally begun commercial operations with his Virgin Galactic rocket plane Unity. 
The vehicle soared high over the New Mexico desert on Thursday to enable three Italians to conduct science experiments in weightless conditions. It was first published purchase mission as opposed to just a test flight. So Richard will now begin sending up to 800 or so individuals who have bought tickets to ride on Unity. The 72-minute mission took off from Spaceport America at 8.30 local time. Uh, that was 2.30pm GMT and was live-streamed around the world. Just under an hour into the mission, after reaching an altitude of 44,500 feet, uh, the carrier plane EVE then released Unity to ignite its engine and boost up to the edge of space. At the top of its climb, the rocket plane was at 279,000 feet. Uh, US multimillionaire Dennis Tito became the world's first ever space tourist in 2001, paying a reported $20 million. And more recently, Jeff Bezos' space company, Blue Origin, uh, bet Virgin Galactic in the race to take paying passengers on short hops above the atmosphere. Um, and if you're watching on our YouTube video, you will see some of the Virgin Galactic plane there. Okay, Meta, Facebook owner, launches $7.99 a month virtual reality service. Again, with VR. Um, it's not there yet, guys. And I still say it's not there yet. I know a lot of my listeners don't agree with me on that, but VR is not fully there yet. Facebook owner Meta has launched a virtual reality VR subscription service as it tries to take part of that part of its business profitable. Um the metaverse and you know what's happening there and now are we going to pay for the metaverse who knows uh meta is paying say it's paying users will get access to new games two new games a month two new games a month okay for the first three months of the year the parent company of instagram saw a four billion dollar loss at its vr unit four billion dollar loss vr by Meta, not working. Uh, Meta faces competition from its firms, including technology giant Apple, which unveiled its highly anticipated mixed reality headsets this month uh, at quite expensive, nearly $2,000 for its mixed reality headsets. Still not viable. On Monday, the company said that MetaQuest Plus service, which costs $7.99 a month or $59.99 for an annual subscription was compatible with its Quest 2, Quest Pro and upcoming Quest 3 headsets. That's all I'm really going to say about VR in this episode, listeners. Uh, BT investigated over major 999 call disruption. Uh, in the UK, an investigation has been launched into BT following the major disruption to its 999 Emergency call services on Sunday. Emergency services across the country reported that 999 calls were failing to connect because of a technical fault. BT, which manages the 999 emergency phone system in the UK, apologised for the problems which were resolved by Sunday evening. The communications regulator, Ofcom, will now investigate whether BT failed to comply with its regulatory obligations. In a statement, Ofcom said its rules required BT and other private providers to take all necessary measures to ensure that uninterrupted access to emergency organisations as part of any call services offered. They are also required providers to take all necessary measures to ensure the fullest possible availability of calls and internet in the event of a catastrophic breakdown 
network sorry a catastrophic network breakdown it added um Ofcom's investigation will seek to establish the facts surrounding the incident and examine whether there are reasonable grounds to believe that BT has failed to comply with its regulatory obligations. Now, you know, tech breaks down. We'll see what Ofcom does on this. Um, But (laughs) UK police blame Android SOS feature for an influx of emergency calls. This was about a week ago. Each errant 999 call can take 20 minutes to investigate, taking resources away from callers that actually require help. Uh, An Android feature designed to help users contact emergency services is making life difficult for first responders in England. The BBC reports that police forces across the nation have reported an influx of false emergencies to the 999 switchboard uh, in recent weeks, which have largely been attributed to the emergency SOS feature on Android phones. And I guess this comes down to the locked feature, listeners and viewers, of Androids. That if you swipe up and then swipe in a certain direction, you accidentally make an emergency call. And do you know what? I've, I've actually noticed recently, even on my phone now, predominantly on WhatsApp, thankfully I don't think I made any accidental emergency calls. But I noticed a couple of times in the past week, and I love to hear listeners and viewers comment on this, whether they made accidental WhatsApp messages. Because sometimes I put my phone in my pocket. I have a fingerprint uh, unlocker on the side of my Huawei uh, phone. So, Xomi uh, phone, not Huawei, Xomi phone. And uh, that unlocks my phone. But I've noticed... As of recently, in the past week or so, I've accidentally sent loads of emoticons to friends and family. Accidentally. And like I mean like 20 or 30 of these emoticons accidentally. And they're like, are you okay, Jilson? And it's like, oop, whoops. And I have to delete them all. And I was convinced that my phone was locked. Now, maybe it's the fact that if I'm in the app and my finger runs off it or my jeans run, I don't know how my phone is getting unlocked sending these messages i love to hear has it happened to other listeners and viewers get in touch with the program uh, details on the screen if you're watching us on youtube uh, visit our website www.allteenstech.ie um, and you can tweet me directly at justin or dawson all the details um on the website and also if you want to visit my personal website you can do so by visiting www.justinordawson.com. I hope you guys that went to Infocom had a great time. Yes, FOMO, FOMO, FOMO. Um, And thank you for those who nominated me for HETMA, the Higher Education Technology Imaginers Alliance, and the Higher Ed AV Media uh, did their uh, AV Awards, uh, the Higher Ed AV Awards. And... I was so proud and delighted to be shortlisted as AV Technician of the Year. We mentioned that with Joe Way and Across the Ponds earlier uh, in the month of June. Um, didn't get to go to Infocom. And congratulations to those who have won the prizes and the awards. Um, and hopefully better luck next year for myself. Uh, but delighted uh, to see that I was nominated in the in the inaugural um start to the higher ed av awards 
Also, that happened in the month of uh, June. It was a big gamble by Google. That's not easy to say. Hot. The Google Pixel tab- tablet is designed to be helpful in your hand and your home and is available starting today. Built with the latest Android features, powerful Google Tensor G2 tip. The, the Google Pixel tablet is designed to be helpful in your hand and your home and is available starting uh, last week, uh, built with the latest Android features, powerful Google Tensor G2 chip and uh, the iconic Pixel design. Uh, Google's goal was to create a tablet that you won't forget ju- and leave in a drawer. It comes bundled with a charging speaker and dock for $500 on the Google Store and other retailers. Um, it's always charged and ready, boundless battery life, Cast your favourite media, do more. Tensor G2 makes multitasking fast and efficient. Swipe from the taskbar to drop your favourite apps to either side of the screen for split screen view. Uh, you can edit your photos, you can do fingerprint unlock, you can do Google TV. Um, it c- includes frequent updates, uh, just like the Pixel Watch and Pixel phones. Uh, joint control, kids space, listening experience. Um, it's, it's a very impressive new uh tablet uh and they google will also launch the pixel fold um it's an android maker's first foray into the folding phone space which to be honest has never hit mainstream uh, so google really hasn't really played with the foldable phone and arguably google is late to the party but its modern pixel lineup has been a hit for the firm so can they make uh the one thousand eight hundred dollar a foldy phone work that is the question listeners now early in the month of june there was talks of sir paul mccartney finding an old beatles track and that he was going to create the end of it using artificial intelligence now paul mccartney has come back or sir paul has come back and said in a bbc radio interview earlier this month Paul McCartney says the Beatles' final song has been made with the help of artificial intelligence and will be released later in the year. On social media this week, the singer said there was confusion about the song, though it wasn't artificially or synthetically created. McCartney, is now 80 years of age, told BBC Radio's Martha Kearney that the 2021 documentary The Beatles' Get Back, which is about making the band's 1970 album Let It Be, a sound engineer used AI to extract vocals from the background music. We had John's voice and a piano and he could separate them with AI. They tell the machine, that's the voice, this is the guitar, lose the guitar, McCartney said. When it came to make what was will be the last Beatles record, it was a demo that John and he had worked on, John Lennon had and himself had worked on. And we finished, just finished it up. It will be released this year, he said. We are able to take John's voice and get a, it a pure through his AI that we can mix and record as you would normally do. In social media posts on Thursday, McCartney further explained that nothing has been artificially or synthetically created for the song. And we all play on it, explaining that for years they have cleaned up existing recordings. And you know what? That just sounds like a increased value of an audio editing software. For years, I've been using Cool Edit Pro, which is now Adobe Audition. And we, as AV professionals, use a lot of software to improve 
vocals. So how is this any different in using it in songs? Is this AI? I don't really think so. It is software driven that's improving audio quality. Though you might disagree with me. And if you do, the details is on the bottom of the screen if you're watching me on YouTube. Or you can listen, if you're listening, uh, at Justin Orr Dawson, at AV Tech Junkies um, is the show Twitter handle. Or you can comment at allthingstech.ie. It is possible that the recording they cleaned up for the new song will be from the recording Lennon made in 1978 called Now and Then. Before he died, Lennon recorded a demo tape he labelled for Paul, in which his widow Yoko Uno gave to McCarthy in 1995, according to BBC News. McCarthy and Jeff Lynne reproduced two of the songs, creating the posthumous tracks Free as a Bird, released in 1995, that was a great song, and Real Love, released in 1996 as part of its in-depth anthology retrospective. Now and Then is another song on the tape that the Beatles considered releasing in 1995. And they're using AI in inverted commas. Or are they using AI? Or have they just improved backing vocals of the late John Lennon? Improved his voice. Like, hold on, we see this all the time happening in concerts now, live on stage, where they bring back people. We have even films that, like Queen, doing Bohemian Rhapsody and they used AI and they used um they made the background of Wembley for for Bohemian Rhapsody film if you have seen it. So how is this any different and why is this so oh we can't do this? Surely we can. Of course we can. That's that's a good use of AI, isn't it? Isn't it? Speaking of EU regulations and uh ChatGPT, Midjourney and Google's Bar Chatbox all fall short of a draft EU laws regulating AI, according to research from Sanford University. The rules aren't yet final, but will require AI models to disclose the data they use to generate new images and tests with an implication for copyright and intellectual property. Silicon Valley Valley is dictating the future of AI, but so is Brussels. Um, here's the full story. Um, foundation models like ChatGPT are transforming society with their remarkable capabilities, serious risks, rapid deployment, unprecedented adoption, and unending controversy. Simultaneously, the European Union is finalizing its AI Act as the world's first comprehensive regulation to govern AI. And just yesterday, the European Parliament adopted a draft of the Act by a vote of 499 in favour, 28 against, and 93 abstentions. The Act includes explicit obligations for foundation model providers like OpenAI and Google. Um, I'm going to put this link in, in our show notes, uh, listeners and viewers, to the Centre for... Research on foundation models. The CRFM uh, has a full story on it. It's it's detailed, but uh, is there too much control going on about uh, AI? That is that's a, a, a billion dollar question. Google, Microsoft CEOs called in. Google and Microsoft CEOs called into AI meeting at the White House. That was on May the second. Um. I know that's nearly two months ago. I was on holidays in Lanzarote, but it still links into it. 
Uh, on May the 2nd, the chief executives of Alphabet Inc., uh, Google and Microsoft, OpenAI and Anthropology uh, met with Vice President Kamala Harris and top administration officials to discuss key artificial intelligence AI issues, um, said a White House official. The invitation uh, noted President Biden's expectation that companies like yours or like Google and Microsoft must make sure that products are safe before making them available to the public. Um, it's still up in the air, listeners, of um, what's going to happen. But then Samsung in May bans the use of AI like ChatGPT for employees after misuse of the chat box. Samsung restricted the use of so-called generative artificial intelligence tools such as ChatGPT for employees after the company discovered search services were being misused. The South Korean technology giant confirmed uh, that it is temporarily restricting the use of generative AI through the company's personal computers. So is this a bit of like, we didn't create it, so we hate it. That's what it feels like, um, listeners. I'd love to hear your comments on uh, the way AI is being restricted by some companies, some tech companies, some governments are against it. Let us know what you think or embrace it. Um, we talked about Twitter earlier on. Well, Twitter plans also, apart from making you log on as, as a temporary measure, Twitter plans to remove and archive inactive accounts. Um, and they've been doing this since early May. Uh, Elon Musk announced plans to remove Twitter accounts left dormant uh, for several years as part of the cleanup act uh, that is still going on with Twitter. I think more and more it's going to become a more paid service for use of Twitter. We'll watch um, that with anticipation of what's going to happen. Meta is putting child users at risk, says the US regulator. Uh, that was also in early May. Uh, the top uh, US data privacy regulator has accused Meta, the firm that owns Facebook and Instagram, of not putting proper parental co uh, controls in place. The FTC, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, also said Meta should be banned from making money from children's data. The company's recklessness has put young users at risk and Facebook needs to answer for its failures, it said. Uh, Meta hit back, calling the regulator's move a political stunt and accusing it of overstepping its authority. The FTC said an independent investigation has found that several gaps and weaknesses in Facebook's privacy program that pose substantial risks to the public. Users aged under 13 were found to be still allowed to engage in chats with contacts not vetted by parents. So it sort of links in with what we said earlier in the programme, listeners, about this online safety bills that are happening around the globe. And finally, uh, a story that only happened a couple of days ago. Scientists have developed a pair of smart gloves that could allow patients who have limb weaknesses to relearn to play the piano. Those who have had a stroke may often show a reduced ability or be completely unable to move their hands, fingers or wrists, making it difficult to carry out manual movements. The Exco Skeleton Glove uses artificial intelligence, touch sensors and moving components called actuators to help mimic natural hand movements so patients can relearn manual tasks. Richard says the, the proof of concept gloves teaches their where to feel the difference between right and wrong movements. When a person wears a glove to play the piano, it is able to detect where the wearer went wrong in their movements, enabling them to understand their performance and make improvements. Um, 
In the UK today, it's estimated there is 1.2 million stroke survivors. Stroke is a leading cause of disability, with almost two-thirds of survivors leaving the hospital with limb weaknesses, visual problems and language and communication problems. As part of the experiments, the gloves were taught to play the nursery rhyme Mary Had a Little Lamb on the piano using pre-programmed movements. The researchers said further work needs to be done to improve the gloves' accuracy and make them more adaptable. But in the future, they hope that the stroke patients and people with disabilities could use the gloves to gain, gain arm function. Um, the economic burden on health and social care in this country demands innovative approaches to treatment and care which uh, have the potential to reduce the devastating effects of stroke, uh, said uh, Juliet Bovary, the chief executive of the Stroke Association. That's all we have time for uh, on this episode of the All Things Techie podcast. I thank you for listening. The details of how to get in contact with the program is at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can tweet me at avtechjunkies at Justin Orr Dawson is my personal handle and all the details on our official website, www.allteenstech.ie. For me, Justin Dawson, thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing and I'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Techie Podcast. Part of the Extreme Media Network. Follow us on Twitter at AV Tech Junkies. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch our show on YouTube by visiting youtube.com forward slash at Justin underscore or underscore Dawson. Previous episodes of our show can be found on our official site, www.allthingstech.ie. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. Thank you.